GodzillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Dino Nine. And Chuck! Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, my producer, the Deadite Chops. That's right, bitches. I've murdered Deadite, and I rose from his corpse. I have brought back the original co-host to resurrect GameZilla. We're actually changing it all up. We're bit by 8-bit again. Coming full circle. Full circle on your asses. There's nothing else that we want to do more than confuse you. That's right. So let's get it started. Bit by 8-bit. Bit by 8-bit. Bit by 8-bit. He's going to hate us. He's going to hate us. He's going to hate us. He's never coming back to the show. Oh, God. Never coming back to the show. Well, you know, in in honor of him, I think we need to do something uh, only he would appreciate. Oh, okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Are you ready? No, you're not ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. ready. Three. Three. Two. Three. One. Two. Three. Cracking a cold one for him in honor of Deadite. Cheers. Where he may rest in uh, on a beach because he's on vacation, that asshole. It's been sitting out for oh, a bit. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Yup. Yup. Okay. We're ready for- This week's episode is sponsored to you by Coors Light. <laughs> and Right Brain. And Right Brain. Yeah, they If you're in the right it. brain of mind, you're going to get a Coors Light and a CEO Stout. Oh. They go best over a nice cold scoop of ice cream. Mm. That does sound good. All right, welcome to episode 272 of the Games Little Podcast, brought to you by our patrons. You want to do the Patreon plug? Sure, I don't remember anything about Patreon, but hey. It's normally Deadite's job, so I figured you would take it over. Well... If you are a fan of this show, go over to patreon.com slash Media. There, there, you'll find all the extra content you dirty fucks are looking for. <laughs> you go over there, you'll find extra shows, you'll find extra content, you'll get all the your grubby little fingers on that shit and gobble it up for just one dollar. You get voting privileges, you get your own channel in the discord but for five filthy filthy dollar bills you get all the extra shows like the mustard bus that we just recorded before this episode it's a good one you also get game shark from the legend of retro you also get other filthy crap from the other shows what their names are i don't know i don't listen to it i'm kidding i do but anyways (laughs) Go to Patreon.com, take out that dirty wallet you've been sitting on, or that purse that's been sitting in your car floor that you don't fucking clean, because everybody treats their car like shit on the inside, and give us your five <laughs> filthy dollars. Oh, man. Because <laughs> we appreciate you. I need the soundboard you. all the time. <laughs> That was the best plug ever. <laughs> That's right. It was like threatening to the point where people were like, I think I need to give him money or he might show up at my house. But also it was like, hey, there's content there. Listen, I'm you, getting something, <laughs> even though this man's threatening you me. You guys remember that scene in Mallrats where he sticks his hand in his pants and he puts it in those melted chocolate pretzels and he gets another guy to eat it and he gets all sick to his stomach? That's the kind of shit you're going to feel when you give us your $5. Woo. You're going to vomit. 
You're going to like it. Yeah. And I guarantee it. Well, we got Would You Kindly BMC on the uh, Twitch chat right now live saying, why am I so hot and sweaty oh, right man. now? And if you are uh, wondering why, <laughs> there's a problem there that I don't think you've yet fully realized. Whew. All okay. Right. That was the best plug ever. So I think it's time to uh, it's time to get ready. It's time for the news. I, I fucked it up. Yep. You didn't do the sound effect. Did I you? said it's time for the news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Uh-huh. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Downloading. We are children. I swear we are still on our first beer. I promise you, Twitch. I promise you. All right. Welcome beer to one. the news. We got some topics. Oh, I messed this up. You did mess it up. You just do that. Yep. Go like that. Bring it back. Hand. You are golden. Talk to the hand. Nope. You broke it again. It's all right. We're good. We're good. We'll just pretend nothing's here. <laughs> Anyways, back to the show. Hold on. News you, topic number you one. You entertain them for a second. I'm going to fix this. All right. Well, uh, now now that I'm on the spot, I don't know what to do. Uh, e, um, so, uh, how are you guys? How does it feel to be back it, on the show? How is it? Well, uh, we, it's, uh, you're making me sit on a, on a throat of needles. Um... Strangely enough, all of them smelled like they had been rolled around outside in your backyard and the, the dogs had their go on it. And we're fine. Cool. News topic number one. Let's see it. <laughs> uh, everything you said is true. Yep. Okay. Topic number one. It's time to, uh, you know, we've been having a lot of fun, but it's time to talk about some serious stuff. So. Let's get down to business. Okay. I don't I didn't really want to talk about this, but I feel like we have to. You know, like it's one of those things. Like there's those it's, moments um, where we have to talk about it's, it. It's it's pretty much one of those regular topics, political topics that come up every year. Same thing with uh, you know, like we're going to talk about gun control, but you know, voting rights mm-hmm. and, and uh, police brutality, all that kind of stuff. And it sucks yeah. to bring up because it's honestly annoying to have to bring the stuff up all the time, and so, it's sad. So but. let's so let's start off with the uh, with the fact that we had two shootings that happened uh, in Texas and Ohio. Right, yep. um, and we're talking over thirty people that have uh, passed you know, mm. from these attacks. So super, super sad. Just again, so many questions, so many. Just what what is going on in our country? You know, what is going on with people? You could sit there and just wonder and be and and really just drive yourself down and and feel so helpless about this, but. Beyond that, we had a problem that really hit us home in the gaming world was, I swear, it literally, right after it happened, these politicians took the stage to just throw it all at video games. And some of them said internet and video games, and other people just said violent video games, and we just, it just, it didn't take long. It took 24 hours before the, the, it was all about we need to regulate video games. And I just got so tired of it. And it actually, I wasn't going to talk about it because we've done this spiel before until my commute to work. I'm heading into work. And what do I do normally when I head into work? I listen to sport talk radio because it's pretty much just nothing that I can just kind of like tie into and, you know, set, set up my day to go to work. It's just, it's basic. And what do you think Sport Talk Radio, local Sport Talk Radio, was talking about today on their Sport Training Talk camp? Radio show? I'll give you a hint. There was no sport related to it. It was gun control. 
And I sat here and I listened to several people call in, several hosts talk, and they all just made me want to take my fist and just beat my own face in until I was unconscious, which while I was driving my car, so that way I would drive and veer into a wall and hopefully eject myself out of the front windshield. Mm -hmm. Okay? Front windshield, because like I have other windshields or something. But anyways. You have a rear one. That's a rear window. Do they call it a windshield? I think it's a rear windshield. Huh, maybe. I don't know. Something else to figure out. Anyways, <laughs> I'm so tired of these people. They're like, well, you know, the problem is, is that everybody wants to look at the outcome. Okay, we got to look at the outcome. People died because, because they got shot, right? Like, that's what they're literally saying. And I'm like, but what the real problem is, is we got to figure out what caused it. And I'm like, you think you sound deep right now, but you just, like, like the, the number is two. But what we really got to figure out is one plus one equals two. Like it was so basic and dumb that they, but the, how they're basically saying like we got to figure out what caused it, and what caused it is we don't give enough pe- people enough mental health like support. And I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay? No, yeah, there not is enough. Not that. at all. There is enough. But I'm so tired of everyone deflecting. Deflecting and going like, well, well, it's the healthcare system. They're not helping these people that have mental problems. Well, it's the video games. They're too violent and they're teaching kids how to kill. You know, it's and I'm just like, no, we need to pump the brakes here. It's a it's a society problem. It's a it's a human being issue. And if you believe a video game drove someone or taught someone how to kill then you got to sit there and look at the flags and understand that there's something else wrong with this person. And that doesn't mean that if they had the best health care in the world with the best mental health you know, options out there for them, that they would even admit that they have a problem. They'd have to go or someone has to force them to go in order to even be treated. You know, one of these shooters... I believe it was the Ohio shooter, and I'm not pulling names. I'm not giving any of them credit for anything that happened because this was horrible. But the Ohio shooter was caught in school, back in high school, making kill lists and rape lists. And it was all just put away in a folder because he was underage. That that doesn't help anything. Like giant flags right here that were literally thrown into a folder and, and sealed because he was underage. And it's like, I get it that, like, we're, there's a level of, like, protection that we're supposed to, you know, because we're America and we have these we have these laws that help us be this free country. But at the same time, if you're going to sit there and blame something else, you have to, you, you look back and see this. That doesn't have, like, how is that video game related? How is that even mental, like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say mental health related. There is something going on there. But, but that kid, in a way... Was ca- was calling for help with the, with what was happening there, and and yes, he was penalized for it as a kid. He got, I mean, he got in trouble for it, but then it was just thrown in a folder and forgotten until he goes and pulls the trigger and ends up shooting a bunch of people. And they go, "Oh, well, in high school he did this, this, and this." It doesn't matter now. It's too late. It's too late. I'm tired of us being reactive, and there's no proactive concept being put in place well part of the thing is that you know mental health isn't a 
and this is going to sound weird, it's not a sellable treatment. Like, you're not going to say, because we help these X amount of people, we didn't have these X amount of shootings. You're just not going to know that information. It's not like, you know, teaching kids proper math in school and you're going to have them do tests and see those results at the end of the other, at the end of the, uh, the, the semester or whatever. Mental health is just a, it's a beast in its own. It's starting at the, the farthest layer of just understanding people and supporting people. There's not a real end goal or statistic or number that I think people can really grasp on. So then it doesn't, it doesn't get solved. That's why it doesn't get solved. It's not a sellable thing. And unfortunately, in cases like this, yeah, this could have been prevented. If this kid could have had, you know, any of that stuff revealed to somebody who recognized the potential for what could happen, and I'm not saying that you need to box in every kid that writes something like this, but you do need to address every kid that does something like this because at the end of the day it's not just the lives that kid's taking it's their own life yeah. that they're ruining yeah. and we should take value in the fact that we want to make sure that kid grows up and has a life yeah that they're not they're not that they're not known for this awful thing and it's just sickening because regardless if video games are here or not, we have plenty of other content in this world that Thank sensationalizes you. violence. Thank you. You have that You have that in books. You have that in newspapers. You have that on social media. Movies. And, I, and, and movies. And I know that they're calling out social media like they should be responsible for notifying or flagging people with these kind of tendencies. And that's not their job. Yeah. Their job is to sell a platform for people to use. I'm sorry, but we should be the, the direct result of how our society is, is what we see on the internet, is what we read in the Reddit threads. Yeah. If we're not treating or taking care of our people in this country and giving them the help that they deserve and talking about our feelings and taking away the stigmas that are related to mental illness, then you're not going to see the results you want to see on these social media platforms. Because right now, mental illness, if, if so, someone that's, that is diagnosed as with a mental illness instantly is looked at as like damaged goods. Damaged goods. And, Why and I, would you want to be labeled as that? Exactly. And I saw a video and, and this is somewhat to do with it is that there was this motivational speaker who had a dollar. Okay. And he offered this dollar up to this person and they're like, you want this? He's asked them if they wanted this dollar. And they said, yes. And then he folded it up and he crumpled it a little bit. He's like, do you want this dollar still? They're like, yes. So he threw it on the ground, and he started stepping on it. He started kicking it all over the place, and he started beating the crap out of this dollar. And she's like, he's like, do you still want this dollar? She's like, yes. You know why? Because just because you get beaten up, just because you get stomped on, just because that you look may look bad does not mean you lose value as a person. And that's what we're doing to the people who have these conditions or things going on in their life is that we're devaluing them because of it. And that's not fair to people who actually really, really need that help because what they're looking for is the value to find value in themselves and in how they are in society. So they can blame video games. They can blame violent television or whatever the heck it is, but it's, it's not the cause of any of it. Yeah, and I mean, like, so we were just talking about things need to be put in place. We did have someone come through uh, live on the Twitch chat, and it's uh, Lurking Tomcat says, here in uh, NC, I'm assuming North Carolina, they have tests for each block, fifth grade, eighth grade, and two times in high school for mental disorder checks and psych tests. 
that's that's good. That's, that, uh, that's stuff. That, you know, I think that there's plenty of people who could say, "Oh, well, you don't need to be doing that," or that's privacy invasion of kids. But at the same time, like we don't we don't take value in their mental health as it is. That is a great starting point yeah. to get data on like how kids are thinking these days. What is going on in their life yeah. as far as influences and seeing how they're reacting to it because but, we can't track any of that. Right. But bottom line is that I, I really like hearing that. Right. That's yeah. Good. Exactly. That's but great for a state that's doing that. But here's the problem. Is that and and I'm not all for government control or government regulation. Exactly. But for something like this, if the government's going to come out and they're going to keep deflecting and say, "Oh, well, it's social media's fault. Oh, it's it's media's, you know, all the different media that's that's glorifying violence's fault." It, okay, you're the, you are the government of the United States. You are here to protect us, to 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 speak on our behalfs, to do things for the people. So, if there's a program like this in North Carolina and it and it's showing results, where, why in God's name isn't the government saying here's a program that we have that you can that each state can opt into that will and we will give you funding so that your so that each school can support this in the way that it needs to and because because we don't want to regulate guns we don't want to do a b and c right, they, so instead you, we can at least do this instead right now we have literally the pr- president of the united states and some of the other heads of the government standing up there and going we need to block video games and social media should be held responsible and parenting is just whole, and, you, and you got to learn how to take care of your kid like we don't need you to take a, to take a platform and tell us that, okay? We already know there's problems in this world. We need you to actually come up with somewhat of a solution. Legislation. You're busy. Yes. You're busy built trying to build a wall to block people from leaving or entering our country, and instead we have people inside of our country killing each other, and you're sitting there doing nothing, blaming it on Fortnite. Well, it's because they're looking for they're looking for quick fixes that get them attention and praise now, with so they don't have to worry about long term solutions. No, you're I right. think in North Carolina, I think what that is is it is a state issue at that level, um, because I don't think you're going to get you're never going to get agreement from the government to mandate or to offer assistance up statewide uh, you know across all the states it has to be at the state level yeah, because it's the only way it's going to pass but it's so difficult to that's do so that. dumb though because okay we live in michigan we're we're right next to right next to detroit mm-hmm. okay you work in in downtown yes and you have taken the the new um q line, uh, q line. yeah where did some of that funding come from Oh, I'm sure the state, the, sure government. the government. Yep. Transportation grants. I'm, I'm sorry. There, there is ways to get money from the government for so many different services and pro- and and whatever um, features of of government that can fund art. Yeah, that programs. Can f- programs. They can fund all sorts of different avenues. This seems like a really, really, really important avenue that needs to be addressed. And I'm not saying, again, I don't want the government to say you have to do this. Right. But if you build a program so that, okay, North Carolina here has has a program in place. Maybe they can uh, they could use a little bit of additional funding. But maybe someone like, you know, like I'm not I'm not trying to pick on Detroit, but Detroit schools struggle to even fund books. Are they going to be able to build a proper? No, they're not. They're not. And so they, yeah, they're the and, ones and that need a, help. That's why it's not. It's not a, a, a one size fits all thing. It's going to be state specific. And, yeah. And, but the other problem is that you're now putting this kind of 
and I'm going to say medical responsibility on teachers and assistants no, no, no. and no. counselors. That's what I guarantee you. That's what it's going to be toted as, and people are going to want more pay for teachers and schools. Right, and, and so here's my thing. So if, it's got to be teachers, done in a specific way. Yeah, if your teachers and counselors and stuff are stepping up to this, then yeah, they need to be compensated. But my whole thing here is that in the sense of building a program from a government level and with assistance, the idea would be you still have your teachers and counselors in place, right? And then because you have this additional funding that has nothing to do with your school funding, you can bring in a couple experts that are that are designed. So yes, it may still so maybe come like down a state level therapist yeah, or, or counselor right. or exactly. whatever. And I don't know if there's already something that exists like that. I I, I don't know politics that deep. But. Right. And you still would need the teachers and and everybody in that school yeah, to help to, to keep an eye out, right? The flags when the flags are thrown, it's whoever's there to witness the witness what happened mm-hmm. that would then have to report it or something. Which that's still scary stuff. You're gonna go narc on somebody, and we all know how that can turn around. I, mean, I, I get it, that that's, stuff, but that's another that's another way that statement that like we need to stay away from. Yeah, it's not the idea of that I'm tattling or I'm uh, putting someone up to be you're trying to help them. to be ridiculed. It, it's a one, it's a guaranteeing of their mental health and a guaranteeing of their future. Yeah. Because the last thing that I would want to be is a teacher who saw something like this, didn't do anything, and this happened. Yeah. Because as a teacher, I, I may be in that state of, I don't want to live anymore because I let this happen too. Yeah. I'm going to feel massive guilt for it. Right. So, like, yeah, it's it's... It's a systemic thing. It, it there's no easy fix. There's no quick resolution for it. So yeah. So swirling this back around into the the gaming related angle of this it's is that just it's they, not the result. They are so yeah. They are they are so focused on regulating violent, uh, glorifying violent games. Yes. And you know, like, are there games out there that like that are ridiculous? Like we just talked about Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, there's a game that is just it's just straight up murder like yeah. you know the, the the goal of the game just like mini games that are popular right now is defeat the other person kill them you know and win and so i mean there's no proof first of all that th- that video game violence drives any no real consistent wor- proof there's yes. no consistent proof and and this is recent studies like because we've gone through this argument less than a year ago like and then a year before that, and every time we get all these studies, and the studies come back inconclusive and show really that there is no spike in violence from the people that play games. Like that's the thing that drives me nuts is that you want to go and say put a tax on violent games, so now it's going to cost me more money to buy a violent game when I've never shown anything outside of the game to be a concern. And if you're going to take so like let's say a violent game cost. A, nor- a typical AAA game is $60, right? So now let's say a violent game is $80. 20 bucks there. Wh- now you need to tell me what that $20 is going to do. Yeah, I if need you to start, know exactly what that is. Yeah, if you start telling me that all of that money that's generated goes towards this this program that I just said you should build that every school can have access to. I'd gladly give it. Yeah, here's my 20 bucks. But the problem is instead you just sit up there and you just you just blast a whole industry blaming it when... I mean, I've watched this gaming industry help so many people in so many different ways. Just last weekend, I was able to to witness an amazing event and be part of it. So I get super defensive when someone goes off and just starts attacking the gaming industry and saying that we're the Wild West and no, there's no regulation. It's because it's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Like, 
How is this any different than me going to a movie theater and watching something ultraviolet? They're both a game is rated just like a movie's rated. If I can get in and see it, I can get in and, and absorb the content and then do whatever it is I'm going to do with it. Like, I just don't believe that this is the problem because I've played shooters my entire life. Okay. When I was playing the original Call of Duty and GoldenEye and all these things, we didn't hear about this stuff. Doom? When you played Doom for yeah. the first time? We, we didn't. Yeah, exactly. Doom. I mean, Doom was. The original Doom was popular before I was really even gaming, for God's sake. So I just sit here and I look at all this stuff and I get so irritated that we are ignoring actual progress that we could make. Right. And the conversation's not where it needs to be. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you this right now. If you go and tax the hell out of glorified um, violent games... We're, we're going to have just as many shootings as we normally have. Like yeah. that's not it's if, not going to change. You anything. may see a decline in those type of games, uh, and that and, too. And, and, gonna, and then guess what? Shootings are still going to. Yeah, happen. you're going to force companies to go and say, "Cool, well, we're not going to make, you know, we're not going to make Call of Duty anymore. We're not going to make whatever." Yeah, you know. And so, I mean, for me, again, I would be okay paying a, a paying a fee if I knew that that fee was going towards a program that you explained to me how it was going to help, like. Create a full picture, and and you know people are like, well, the shootings just happened last weekend. This is like you can't you can't say that. How many give sh- them time because the, they've had we time. Are, we, it's Since not the, last the victims, shooting. yes, and the, the victims shooting before that need time to yeah, heal. Absolutely, but the politicians need to get their ass moving and do something about instead it they instead they of just, pointing fingers. Instead, they stand up there and they say a bunch of words that get people to to chant for them so that. They can get reelected. Yep, that's and all. And then it is. they let it kind of fall to the side because they have a buffer again. And then it happens again. And then all of a sudden, here we are, full circle cycle. again. And that's where I'm just getting tired of it. It's like, if you want to blame video, blame video games, blame them, and then do something about it. Right. Because you have now blamed video games for like I don't know thirty the, years. Yeah, I feel like the last ten major shootings that that have been reported that I that we have even you know reported about on the podcast all focus back around the video games and I'm just like okay I'm done you know like from from the Madden from the the issue at the Madden tournament yep. where you want to know what that was that was that was a kid that you know had anger issues had anger issues didn't know didn't know how to accept loss yes. didn't know how to how to accept defeat what is that that's that's not video game problems that's parenting that's that's mental that's, health. That's mental health. That's schooling. That's there's a bunch of things there that add into that yeah. environment. You know, accepting, learning from your failures, things like that that you that, that were taught growing up. Didn't sound like he got that, and so I'm so frustrated that I can sit here and in in 20 minutes that we've talked about it, come up with all these scenarios, come up with basic concepts. I'm not saying I have a program that I could submit to right, the government, exactly. but the ideas that we're having aren't even being spoken no. on television, uh, you know, in the, in the blogs, on, on YouTube. They're not even being spoken and by, by our president, by our, by our po- politicians, and their basic common knowledge. You just look at it and you go, that's red and that's blue. And, and like, you just, you just, it just makes sense. And instead they're like, oh, we're over here. It's, it's Call of Duty's fault. Fortnite, they got guns. Oh, Apex Legends is definitely their fault. And I'm like, what what are what world are we in? Like mm-hmm. it almost feels fake to me. It just I hate it. I absolutely hate it. 
And here we are again. Um, we don't, you know, we don't need to rant anymore about it. I think you get the point. Is that I don't, I don't personally believe video games are the cause of this. I think, I think there are kids that maybe shouldn't play violent video games, but that needs to be figured out well before we That's worry how, about the video yeah, game. Yeah. You taxing a video game, guess what happens? Mom goes out and buys it for that kid anyways. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stop anything. So, so where are we at? I don't know. We're nowhere. This one, it's this one, this one really bugged me because I feel like I also feel like, you know, I'm not calling anybody out, but I feel like these two shootings felt really um, desensitized. Like, yeah, and I know, I, I, I know, agree so. yes. yeah, I know we're in a very desensitized world right now, and 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 when next time we hear it's about a, a shooting, we're a, like, it's a direct result of the voice of this country. And right I now. even and I even caught myself. I even caught myself a little bit where I had to do a little bit of research on the shootings today because I was busy this weekend, first of all, and I realized I was like, man, I, I didn't really learn about what happened. I want to understand the best that I can understand if I'm going to sit here and rant about it. And the more I read, the, the more angry I got because I was like, God, this is every article I read, every every radio sh- news station or radio show that I'm listening to, they all have it ass backwards. And I'm not saying I'm an intelligent, I'm not saying I'm a genius. I just, it's it, to me, it's common sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Let us know what you think. We have a, we got a, a very friendly Discord, gameslovemedia.com. You can click right on the homepage and you can join the Discord. Yeah, feel free to chat with us. We're all yeah. always open to talk about that stuff. You know, this is stuff that even even if our community can start to develop a pro, like the program that I was talking about, maybe we can start building something and then we could submit it. You know, what wouldn't it be great if like I know we're not all based in Michigan, everybody that's listening. But yeah, but, submit a bill. But like, what if we yeah, what if we got something rolling? We're like, hey, you know, we're here to help. We want to help. We don't want to sit here and point fingers and blame. We want to help. Here's what here's what we think we can do. You know, that's that's what. That's what GameZilla is about. That's what a lot of this community is about. So if you got a good idea, if you want to deb- talk about it more, the Discord's where to do it. So join, and uh, you know we'll see you there. But we're gonna get going on our other topics here. Uh, topic number two. Trying to, I, I know you warned me about this because I no, did. I was like, you want to lead with this, all right? Normally, normally we would lead with our big, t- our big news story, and then go small, you know, lighter stuff and. That one's just so heavy that it's hard to hard to shift into like positive news. Right, right. But we're gonna do it. But we're gonna we're do gonna it. We're gonna move into yeah. it. Yeah. So topic number two. This one's uh. This, this is I don't want to call it good news. It's surprising news. It's, it's such interesting. a weird move that um you know our ninja the one the the lar- one of the largest streamers in the world, prop- arguably the most popular streamer in the world, uh, had made an announcement last week that he was going to be leaving Twitch. And they'd be exclusive streamer on Mixer, which is Microsoft's streaming platform. And I thought it was honestly, I thought it was a joke. I did too. I thought it was like legit, like like he's just I'm, pranking people. Yeah, it was a big prank or something. And then like I saw the the video he made, which was like a a funny press conference where he was taking the stage and then like he kept pointing to people, which was him dressed up differently. Is that where you got this image from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The image on Twitch right now. Um, so the um. It was surprising to me because I, I really like the Mixer platform, and I've spent a lot of time at the Mixer booths at PAX and stuff, and really got to know the the you know some of the bigger streamers and and the people working at Microsoft on Mixer, and it really is a cool, close knit community 
at Mixer. And that's why, like, everyone would joke, like, oh, you're streaming on Mixer, you're not big enough for Twitch, you're not good enough for yes. Twitch. That was always the, the, the slap. And it was like, yeah, but may, I'm not necessarily interested in blowing up. I'm just interested in being part of a cool community, and Mixer has that. Well, that shifted all. <laughs> that All of that shifted when Ninja decided to make this move. And... Uh, we weren't sure if it was real. He made the announcement. Sure enough, it was real. He ended up um, going to, what was it, uh, Lollapalooza. Yeah, he uh, debuted this announcement in Lollapalooza. Yeah. yeah, so it basically goes on to say the Fortnite live streamer and all-around entertainer had his first exclusive broadcast on Microsoft's Mixer platform in the moments before his broadcast officially began. The number of people watching his stream crossed 50,000, 60,000, and in the first moments, somewhere around 76,000 set of eyes, and it grew to 80,000 just after Ninja's first victory. So that is um, higher than his average has been recently on Twitch, on his he, first stream on Mixer. And he's leaving behind 14.7 million followers on twitch yeah so here's the That's crazy a huge audience oh I mean, yeah yeah gigantic audience and but again you have 14.7 million followers you were averaging less than eighty thousand viewers right. per podcast right. so or sorry for, not, per, 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 stream. per stream and so i mean that's a big variance he must have seen and here's the thing we don't like we don't know the fine details of this but he must have seen a trend going on here and and there was some discussion had for this move and we'll get into the like some of our theories here in a minute but you mentioned 14.7 million followers the crazy thing here um is that on his channel even before ninja first stream on mixer so before he even ever went live officially on mixer his channel on Mixer had 370,000 paying subscribers. Was he has he streamed on Mixer before? No, ever. I, not that I'm aware of. Okay. 370,000 paid subscribers already before he even went live once. So with that, Microsoft was like, you know, this is this is a game changer for them. This is a game changer for their platform. We need to keep Ninja happy. We need to make sure that our fan base understands. So they went on and they went they went a step further. Mixer is right now, if you download Mixer, you go to Mixer's website on your computer, you download the app on your mobile phone, Mixer is offering you two months of free subscriptions to Ninja's channel uh, to everyone who signs up. Wow. Uh, the subscription on, on Mixer is a little bit different. It's $5.99 a month, so it's a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming, we are assuming... Then Ninja has a pretty good deal, probably uh, figured out here with Microsoft. That the, I that would the cut so. he's getting is probably substantial. Well, I mean, streaming in general is extremely volatile. Like you have major ups and downs oh, with streamers, content platforms. Like you know, YouTube was making a go at at gaming streaming for the longest time there, um, and it's. I don't think they they won. They had like their television programming that they were you trying to get so many actors and streamers to buy into that and build their audience and it didn't work out and then you have twitch and twitch is just kind of doing the status quo for x amount of years but i don't i don't know if it's big news it's huge for his following 
I don't know how far this impact or this change goes is in its impact. Because it's one, it's hard to tell because, like I said, it's volatile. I, I don't think you can pre- you one. I don't think anybody could have predicted this. No, yeah, nobody this could have predicted this. But I don't know. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean that people will follow suit? Because uh, because I bet you the only way they'll do that is if they get deals like he did probably with Microsoft. They're not going to leave their following of X amount of thousands to millions of followers on a platform where they're currently getting paid to try it out on a platform where they may not get paid as much. I don't know. It's it's really hard to tell with this guy. Like for him, I don't think he's in a loose situation. He's going to get attention no matter where well, he goes. Yeah, he's he's a win-win. He's an entertainer even outside of streaming now. Yes. He's that guy that he's one of the only streamers that that no matter where he goes, he's recognized. Exactly. So, and so with that being said, he is laying laying the path for other people to attempt this. I think, you know, he doesn't necessarily want everybody to jump ship. He, yeah. The idea here is that he's, you know, he's he the, he's it. the only big fish yes. now living on the Mixer platform and everybody else, you know. And I'm not saying he wants to be king of Mixer, but the idea is you you, you don't have the competition. It's just yeah, that's just it, it. Without variety, it gets boring. Right. And he'll so, lose a following if he's the only one there. And I mean, he's not going to convert 100% of the 14 point whatever million. No, that's million, for sure. That's for sure. You know, but but the but I would be surprised, and I'm not, and I'm sure we could probably find this. But his subscribers on Twitch, like they had been subscri- subscriptions period for streamers have been dwindling. They've right. Been, they've been dropping. So where you know comparison wise, where, where was he when he left Twitch? I'd be curious right now if technically he has more subscribers than he did on Twitch. In the current state, I'm not maybe, saying I'm maybe. not saying at his peak, but I mean, like you know, we get those you get those spikes every now and then uh, for streamers when they do unique things or they switch to new sure. games. Like, but that's I mean, you again, get those he spikes. invented that, right? Exactly. This that's is the I guy mean. that invented it, right? So like when Drake all of a sudden was was right, playing Fortnite screen, with him, yeah, yeah, right. So like I mean, it'd be I would be curious. I would be more impressed if you had, and I don't know if you're going to know the streamer or not, Day9 TV. Do you know who that is? I don't, no. So he was a competitive StarCraft player in Brood War, and he streams a lot of Magic the Gathering stuff, but he was the very first Twitch streamer to get a subscribe button. It was literally hard-coded to his channel when the when the Twitch wow. programmers made it. like. Like that's that's how old and long this guy's been streaming. I would be more shocked at that than this because that guy has built a following, a, a, a community off of his streaming and maintained a consistent streaming base for as long as there has been the ability to subscribe on Twitch. Yeah, and, and, and seeing this, like, I don't think you're gonna get that ever again. I don't think you're ever gonna get somebody like that ever again. But like, seeing this doesn't. It. It. it I'm not impressed by it yet i'm not, not impressed by it yet. i'm surprised by it i mean let's be honest the, the peak of ninja we've already seen i right. think it's come and gone mm-hmm. uh the some of the peak I, potentially some people might argue the peak of of the streamer has come and gone. yeah as is, is you know, the it's entertainer more, it's more plateaued i'm not saying it's declining but it's more like what it's else every day. without the platform itself evolving and giving them more tools and giving them the ability to do something wild what else can a streamer really do? We have people like Dr. Disrespect that really creates a whole world around him. We have Ninja that's very, you know, that was very unique. We have all sorts of different types of streamers that, that have all found their niche. Yep. So to me, 
it's like the status quo right now. Like everything is where it's at. You got your top, you got your mids, you got your people trying to make it. That's fine. You come over to Mixer, you're the big dog now. What I'm curious on the negative side of this is that when you pull Ninja to Mixer, what happens to all these people that were fringe on Mixer? How much do they yeah. lose? How much disruption does it cause? Yeah, how much disruption from them to Ninja happens where people that I know, like, again, I'm, I don't wish any ill on anybody, but, like, Covent is somebody that I follow. He's a Michigan streamer, you know, super cool guy that we knew through the MES, mm -hmm. uh, Michigan eSports programs and stuff. Um, you know, he is full-time streaming, and he did pretty well for himself, but he but he was, you know, he was high in... in, in Mixer days pre Ninja, mm -hmm. he was high tier. Yeah, he instantly just became mid tier, you know, be, number wise. And then, how much does does it, does Ninja pull from him? Where all of a sudden he does he get to that point where he goes, "Oh man, I might need to go find a job." Because he, liter he literally quit his job and did this full time. Can he still get, can he still support it? You get that in sports, like you do. You get that with like you know your your competitions, your competitions, your your whoever it is yep. in basketball. You get that. Yeah, I'll you're a anything. starter. Someone better if comes you're along. Not, if you're not able to keep yourself relevant and in the conversation, then you have to find somewhere else to do it. Yeah, it's just, it's just tough. It's, it's hard. tough when someone like Ninja just goes. I'm gonna pick up everything I'm doing and just move it over here. Well, it's it's because streaming is a, is a entrepreneurship. It's a small business owner yeah. essentially. It's you developing your brand and selling your brand right. but this in a move, small small scale. This is this like if Target bought a stand at a farmers market and they're like, you know, we're gonna sell our groceries at farmers markets now. Right, but th that's a, that's <laughs> like, a good example. Like, I was gonna like, say this that doesn't move, make any sense, but they're doing it. Yeah, my example was gonna be literally take any any all star at their prime. Right. Okay, and and then. And literally leave it, switch teams. Yeah, but he's not at his prime. Well, he's not. I he's mean, not. Okay, here's the thing. Prime, I'm not saying peak, prime, okay? He is still in his prime. He's so you're still saying he's, still, he's competitive. He's competitive and he's still generating millions and millions of dollars. Right, right. Okay? So you think of Michael Jordan when he was with the Bulls at his, at his prime, not like when he retired and came back and like at his prime. Like, I, to me, it just seems crazy that that he would ever leave the Bulls when he was the, they were the best team. I mean, now part of that is you have a team involved that could trade a player around. This you said here, this is an individual that controls his own fate, right? Just changing a platform. Yes. So you know that that is true. That would be like me being like, I am the CEO of Amazon. I'm now going to leave and be the CEO of. I don't know. Google. No, 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 no. Not even that. Think of like much smaller. Because Mixer uh -huh. compared to Twitch. I want to be the CEO CBS. of Whole Foods. I don't know. They yeah. own Whole Foods. Sorry. They own it. Yeah, they bought it already. Right. Yeah, good job. You didn't really move that far. I forgot about that. No, but I'm going to be the CEO of uh, CVS or, yeah. or, or Walgreens or something like that, right? Still, still would be a great position for many people. But like you'd sit there and go, why? That's, that's this idea. Mixer to Twitch is a big difference. So... Behind the scenes, what does that mean? What what conversation did Microsoft have with Ninja? Yeah, what is what the actual motivation behind it? Is there a salary involved? Like, well, I'm sure there yeah, is. Yeah, these types of things that we don't know that uh, you know that that could lead to this stuff. But I I more or less am interested to see what it does for the platform. This platform ran so well, and and that's the, this is the reason why I like Mixer is that it's I don't I don't, I don't know what I call it state of the art. It is really good. 
very low latency is like none. Yeah. Like there's like no latency. The tools, all the cool features where you can play a game like even No Man's Sky, a game that that struggled horribly and has slowly cr- cr- crawled its way back. You buy it on Xbox, you stream it on Xbox, and all of a sudden people can actually interact with you and do things to the game by with, with tools that they're doing in their streaming. Yeah, they got it on Twitch now, but it's not as fluid. It's not as fluid. And so, you know, Mixer really integrated a lot of cool tools and they did it well and everything is just smooth and, and nice. So I like the platform. Now some of these people like Ninja start coming over does does the platform is it does the platform struggle to support it now all of a sudden? Because let's be honest, the reason Twitch can't do it as fast is because they are managing many more servers, many more more networks. Well, they don't have the infrastructure that Microsoft does. That's the thing. But it's your Amazon. They actually probably do. Uh, I I would I would say they don't because Microsoft's for the last ten years, Microsoft's sole goal is to become the standard for anything. Your word processing applications. When does Microsoft Word become the standard for it? Like when we were in high school, when yeah. I started to. Um, you have That's it for software. telecommunication. Oh, I know, it's, I know software, yeah. but operating systems. They're prob- they sell the most of out of operating systems. They they're like they're becoming. They're trying to become the standard for everything. And in, and in this case, it's a streaming platform. I, I understand that, but they bought Beam. Okay, they didn't. They didn't make. They didn't make no, their streaming but that's how, that's how they do they that. They bought it. They buy everything. Right. Everybody does. It's just like Google. But but to sit there and, and sit back and look at Amazon and say that AWS isn't isn't like a on on the same the, it, level. It, no, that is that that part of it is. And but that's it's your not, server world. But it's though. not. Um, and 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 Amazon is trying to do it too, and that's why like the people are trying to break up Amazon, but they're doing that for small businesses. Yeah. They're trying to standardize small businesses. Yeah, and I'm not trying to dog you know? Microsoft. They have Azure. They have right, right. They, they have, have fundamentals. Yeah, they have tools that are very powerful that are really the only option in the world right. when you want to be that big, that serious. And and that's what they do is they and go out there, they I'm pay sure, the money for it. And I'm sure Amazon uses some of them. I'm sure they right? do. I'm sure so, Microsoft uses yeah. AWS. But again, my my whole thing is is um, resources that are given to Mixer instantly changed when Twi- when Ninja made his announcement. I'm sure, and, 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 it, and who knows? This could have been in the making, and they could have yeah. they could have right, built up prepped. for it. You're right. So, you're right. but again, we don't know the finer details. We don't know the behind the scenes deals that they came up with. But again, I'm interested to see how this affects, like you said, the overall streaming community. Yeah. Because at this point right now, it's surprising, but not as impactful as I think it is. In, until six months from now. Yeah, my big thing is, yeah, he pulled 80,000 on his first stream. What's On his 50th stream, what does he pull? Mm-hmm. You're right. Front, that, give, me a, give me the last year of his yeah. Twitch, and then give me the first year of his Mixer. This is his, and I want to see what the difference is. This is the same example as we were talking earlier in our pre-show about um, Warcraft Classic. Exactly. World of Warcraft Classic. It's going to get that initial buzz, just like Ninja's getting his buzz, because it's a big announcement. But then three months down the road, what is it? Right. All of a sudden, is Ninja back on Twitch? Why do you think video game developers make a new game almost every year that's super popular? Yeah. It's because at the end of the year, that game loses interest. Yeah. And to keep people involved and interested in that game, they're coming up with a new one every year. Yeah. Or, Madden, or they turn it into sports, seasons, seasons like Fortnite. Yes. They, they do yeah. that rebrand. Yep. So then it's just what, let's see what this is. Yeah. You can't, you can't let it get stale. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Topic number three. This one is a chop special. We're gonna let uh, let you get situated and uh, talk about 
The Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds. Now, if you're not familiar with The Outer Worlds, it is a game being developed behind the people who did Fallout, the Fallout games, Mm -hmm. New Vegas. So it's your first or third person um, shooting RPG game. I think it's a mashup of Fallout and some Dead Space collaboration uh, members. Probably. It's a a weird mix of people, but it's got that aesthetic of those games. And it takes place in, you know, there's space outside of of a singular planet um, focus. But... It's it, it looks and feels like a Fallout game. You interact with interesting characters. You go on different quests. You have decisions that direct the flow of the game. But this game takes it to a whole new level. In this game, you can kill anybody in the world that's in it. NPCs. <laughs> well, let, me, let me rephrase this. In unimportant NPCs, extremely important NPCs. NPCs you meet once. Like... Or actual characters you play, like like it's it's literally it's like taking uh and I got this also feeling is it felt like a Mass Effect game too with some of the effects and some of the sounds that were in it, but it's like Shepard in Mass Effect. Well, I'm just gonna kill every person that I'm partying yeah. with and then try to fight the yeah. Geth on my own. Right. Like, how would the developers code for that? Right. It's like when, the, it's like when me there's playing, plot lines that involve your yeah, character. It's like me playing Spider-Man on the PS4 and walking up to to Aunt May and just offing her. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like that's that's a plot point. Yeah. That's a huge plot point. So, like with these games, so 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 with older games, um, development was very simplified. You had you had characters you talked to, you had things you can and can't do, and you had, as I like to call them, flag points in games, where if you reach this certain point, the game assumes you have this thing. So, like, in um, Ocarina of Time, for example, if, if there's a speed run of it where you can skip and beat the game in, like, I don't know, less than 20 minutes. Yeah. And and when you get to the last Ganon fight, you can skip all the way to the last Ganon fight where he's on the burning building. It... Uh, you have to kill him with the Master Sword and Light Arrows. You can skip to the point where you need Light Arrows, so you don't ever need to get them. And at the point at which you stab him with the Master Sword, the game assumes you have the Master Sword and gives it to you. <laughs> nice. So you can't do that with games these days. You have right. to. You, if if you're making a game where literally any NPC can be killed, you can't assume anything. You have to code for every instance. And what I want to talk about with this one is the fact that. You have, and we're going to get real deep and real nerdy with like my work because I'm a software developer. You have things that are like called decision matrices or matrices. And you have decision A causes result A. All right. So then if we're going to make this more complex, you have decision A and B that can cause result or uh, that will cause result A and B or may cause result A or may recall uh, cause result B or may cause result B A. Like like you have exponentially increased your outcomes based on the decisions that you allow. So when you're making a video game where you can. You you start the game off, you get your, your opening missions from this guy, he gives them to you, or he doesn't give them to you because you murder them, and then you have no direction of where to go, no one's going to play this game. They have to code for every instance and every decision that you make to make sure that the game still functions. Yeah, and so that, you know, um, that was going to be my question to you, is that if, you know, I use the example of Aunt May, like, you can't, in Spider-Man, you can't go in and take out, uh, you know, uh, Doc Ock before right. he actually becomes a bad guy. Spoiler alert. Right. 
And so if you, you know, you did that, what happens to the game? And so if in Outer Worlds, if I took out a main NPC that was supposed to provide me with uh, tasks and missions, do you know what happens? Like, so, so the examples that they were using in the story is... So you uh, have to obtain an item for somebody, and you either have to go to this person's house and break it and steal it, or you have to convince them to get it to you, whatever way. Or you just kill the person before they even get the item to the location that the quest is telling you to go to. Well, the game now has to understand how you obtain that item so that the dialogue that you have with the person that gave you the quest doesn't get mixed up with the way you re receive that item. So if you kill <laughs> Doc Ock in the game, the game's going to assume Doc Ock is still alive and you're going to get dialogue and you're going to get quests as if Doc Ock's still alive. Right. Well, if you wanted to do that, the A game would game. have to understand how and when you kill Doc Ock, to make sure that any reference of him or any dialogue of him being alive is changed. Yeah, so like the concept would be, and this would be super cool actually, is like, okay, I take out Doc Ock bef be just because I'm evil. Mm -hmm. I'm evil Spider-Man. And so because of it, his daughter or something finds the dead body oh, and, yeah. and all becomes of a sudden evil. becomes or, Doc Ock. Or the bugle reports on Spider-Man yeah. as a murderer yeah. when they have when they didn't see that, oh, he became a villain later on. So you think about this in the outer worlds. You think about this game, and we're using Spider-Man as an example because it's easy for me to kind of manipulate the world and, and, and pull characters yeah. that, could, that could fall into the story because of it. This is so cool because in the outer worlds, you're going to... Each person, the way they play the game, is literally going to shape the game in their own form. Because, like, if you if you did, like, example, you killed that person that had that item before they delivered it, the game recalculates and changes your your path. Then the next person that goes and lets that person deliver it, or or whatever, or, and then kills that kills the person they delivered it to, versus the person that lets it all you know happen. unfold. Yeah. Like there's three different paths right there, and you just think about the coding for just those three aspects, and you're like, for just that one mission, for one, and, and that's the thing is that <laughs> the way that they're, yeah, I know it's 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 mind-boggling because the way that they explain it is that they come up with it narratively. They're like, okay, we have this quest idea, and we have this outcome that we want, what are the ways that the person could do it? Okay, we'll come up with these X amount of ways, and then we'll give it to the dialogue people, and they'll write the dialogue for these X amount of ways, okay, and then once they have that, we'll give it to the programmers, who now program it to those missions, and then we give it to the quality assurance people, the QAs, and they test it, and they break it because what's their job their job is to do the unexpected and the find the decisions that you didn't think of in the beginning right so that you have to go all the way back to the beginning Dude, add those in you know. from the whole pro <laughs> and so like when i see a game like this i think of one this is going to be amazing if they can accomplish it two it's going to be a hot mess if they don't test it properly. And they're already in this story committing to the fact that they said, we're not going to be able to catch everything, yeah. but we hope that we catch most of the thing, things that will just at least make the game playable. <laughs> and to me, like, I find that really admirable. Like you're putting a lot, like you're you're putting a lot one on these developers and programmers for your company, but two, you're giving them the opportunity to pave the way for a new type of video game. Yeah. A whole new generation. Like if you think of like a decision 
program. Like if you think of even like gaming platforms like Unreal, like engines that things are built off of that define how games actually are are built, this is its could be its own decision engine. Yeah. And so this is made by um, Obsidian Entertainment, which um, was purchased by Microsoft. Oh, okay, yeah. And But Microsoft's doing that smart move again like they like to do, and uh, this game is coming out. Not It's not an Xbox exclusive. Right. Yo, you have to put this out to everything. It's on PS4. Yes. It's going to the Switch, you know, and so, and obviously uh, PC-based as well. So this is uh, really interesting, and it comes out. Here's the kicker. We're talking about this and all this chaos and all this work. This game comes out October 25th of this year. Of this year. So to me, <laughs> I feel like it's not going to be a long game. Um, I don't know. Unless this has been in the works for a long time. That's what I'm curious so about. So I would like to know the life cycle of this game. But I, again, if I'm just think, so fascinated with how this is structurally put together. If you think about Obsidian, though, like they've had a pretty big window to work on this because um, their previous their previous games have been around for a little while. So I think, um, and, and I mean, you think about the, um, like you said, the, the, the last thing they worked on would have been the Fallout New Vegas. I don't know if it's the last, not, last thing. I mean, I mean, I can look it up for you. No, no, no. I mean, as a as a oh, part like, of Bethesda yes. or whatever, you know, or, or teaming up with Bethesda. I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, Obsidian did something like Pillars of Eternity or, or something. They they were they made something like that. Uh, yeah, they did Pillars of Pillars Eternity. of Eternity. Yeah, and so that I mean that that would have been their project that they were working on, and and though it was a they did stick a truth. Did they really the South Park? I didn't know that. I mean, that, again, stick of truth, though. How old is that? Uh, that's had, pretty old. They've had a long time to ha- at least have some form of a team, maybe not 100% of their group like they do now, but some form of a team working on the logic side of this concept. Right. And, you know... You yeah, that came out in 2014. Their, their last game was released uh, last year, Pillars of Eternity 2. Two. But, but, you know, they had... Same engine, same ass. Right, exactly. A lot of that they had a lot of used. groundwork already laid. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's gonna be. It's. I think it's gonna be a very talked about game. I think you're gonna. If it, as long as they don't oversell it, like No Man's Sky. That's my concern. It has the potential to be like No Man's that. Sky, but because it's <laughs> because of the aesthetic, like it's immediately gonna get attention because it's space. It's One. space. It, it's it, Fallout it's, feel. It's, it's, it's exactly. dead space feel. It's gritty. Yeah, it, it has it has it has a little bit of Borderlands feel to it. Right. Like the the mixture of of games that when you watch this trailer you go, what is this? I'm interested. Right. It, that that's that definitely pulls me towards this. When we learn more about about the coding and what they're doing, yes, I have concern, but. I also am very excited because I'm like, oh wow, this is neat. And and the other thing too is that I can imagine at launch, there's going to be problems. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, we're so used to that. There's going to be patches. Yeah, we're so used to that nowadays. But but the patches and and the team behind this and having Microsoft behind your back, like if they this should thing, have support. if this thing has a little bit of success, this could the Outer Worlds could become that next like. It could be the next Elder Scrolls style it, it franchise. Could be. Absolutely. That's how I look at this, is that I don't think people realize this could be the next big, big thing. And and they could honestly, it could be we're thinking crazily into this and a lot of times video games will give you the option of freedom, yeah. but hide it behind a cloak it, of walls. pre-made walls. <laughs> yeah. Um so when they say kill anything, 
that could be just it. You just yeah. can only kill things you can't like maim or manipulate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like but but you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. But like that same example of okay, I, I got to steal this item. This guy's going to deliver it to that guy, and we and we drew a couple other scenarios. But you know, like just sitting here thinking about it, I go okay, we let that unfold, or we steal it, we kill the guy, whatever options. Then we take the item, we deliver it to the dude that that wanted it. Then we kill him. And you take it and back. then we take it back, and we take all the money. Yeah. Right? And what does that item and do? And then now? what do we, exactly? Like, or so, I mean, even like like in a killing mission, you kill them in public, you kill them with like a vehicle, right? You poison them, they die over time. You get somebody else to kill them, right? Like like there's so many other outcomes you can come yeah. up with that all drive story and dialogue yeah. in the game. I'm very excited for this game. It comes out far enough away from Borderlands Three, which comes out in September, that. You know, like, yes, I'll be deep into Borderlands 3, but it's far enough away where I will want this at launch. Yes. So, and, I mean, it is interesting to see it come out. Oh, I forgot to change this a while ago. I'm sorry. Hey, you're doing it to me. That's, see, it's <laughs> I totally tough. Forgot. It's tough when you get into it. Yeah. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, Miggy will fix it. Player One Miggy, our Thanks, video guy. Miggy. He'll figure it out. But yeah, I mean, it, it is very interesting, and the cons, the, the talk about this article and just the how was it titled? It was something like um, "Programming Nightmare." They called yeah, it. Yeah, "Programming Nightmare," uh, "Development Nightmare," and that was the name. That was like what the senior designer uh, Brian Haynes was uh, explaining the mm -hmm. tricky, the tricky pull off uh, for infinite murder, as yeah, he called right. it. So. It, it's going to be really interesting. This game has really grown on me. Like, I liked it right out the gate, and then the more and more I've seen about it, like, I've gotten more excited. And then today when we started reading about this, I was like, wow, this game really could be special. Yeah, and absolutely. Obsidian is totally a group that could really pull that off. They've done they've done some really impressive things with Pillars, and obviously they have a track record with, with past games that are, pretty, that, that are successful. So I really am looking forward to seeing how this how this unfolds this year. But and and to see how it, it based off the success it has, which I hope it does. Where it goes. The where it goes cuz then you have this world that you can just continue to evolve. Right, exactly. And build on and that's that's even more exciting. All right. Well, that's been um the news topics, but we do have our new Patreon perk here. Oh, so nice. Do I hit a new button over here or no? Nope. Nope. I didn't. We, we, we're not that advanced yet. So I just, uh, I'm just going to do it this way because, you know, we're going to work on this. We're going to make it better. All but right. For now, this, this is what we got. Um, so what we did is we had heard people were getting, you know, we, were, we used to post two news topics and we would post these topics and then. You would vote on one or the other, and then the one that lost would be our pre-show, and the one that won would be uh, the fourth news topic of the show. And it was okay. People voted, but, but we did get a lot of feedback. People were like, oh, you know, we don't really get much of a control on it. So today we tried something new on Patreon. We posted about we want you to comment on the, on the actual topic post that we put up on Patreon every week, and we want you to comment whatever you want that still revolves around gaming. Mm -hmm. And so you can make it a news topic if you want, or we can just shift it and go. It you could know, be a discussion some, on something. Yeah, you could have seen you could have seen a, a a debate on social media about something that you wanted us to take to chime in on. It could be a personal thing where it's like, hey, I've been playing this game. I have these feelings on it. What do you guys feel that way about this genre? Like it can really it, it the 
it's your creativity at this point. We're letting you submit. Uh, how it'll work is if it's a big topic, you know, a heavy topic that we feel we could put 20 minutes into or something like that, we're going to pick one topic a week. If your topic doesn't get picked, we put it in a pool and we pull from that on slower weeks. You know, there's going to be weeks where patrons don't don't submit much or mm-hmm. anything at all. If there are small topics, we might grab a few and run with it for one sh- that show. We'll see. Uh, but this week, it's our first week. We uh, we got one of our, our classic fans here, and that is BMC. Uh, BMC chimed in and was like, 2019 has been a soft year in gaming for me personally, and I'm actually very happy about it. My backlog, along with Game Pass for Xbox slash PC, has made this year a relaxing gaming experience without trying to keep up with all the new games. Fall is coming, though. How has 2019 gaming been treating you? So I found this interesting because I I was just thinking about the fact that how backfilled this year is. And I mean that's we're we're more used to the fact that the that the holiday season is when we're going to get the bigger the, some of the big titles because it just makes sense for a company to to build around Christmas. But I am used to like like last year. It, it, I felt like last well, year was I think balanced. We were, we were spoiled. Last year was We've so been balanced. spoiled since the Switch has been out because because it's been disrupting the yeah. flow of when games are released. And I think we're just we're we're in a lull as well too because we are on the verge of next gen. And we're starting to see some of next gen. And so we're also winding down current gen. So the big titles are going to be loaded up in the the major time periods, which would be your holidays, your colder, your colder winter months, you know, things like that, where where your sales are always better for these companies. So um, you know, how is my well, whatever that is, make sure you say no to that. <laughs> um how how is my 2019 going? I would say I feel similar to you where it's been kind of a weird year and because of it I've actually fallen out of a lot of my multitask gaming and I'm playing a lot of League of Legends and my Switch. And I found myself completely satisfied with it, which is weird. I haven't turned my PS4 on in, in over a month and a half. And it's weird to me cuz I lived on my PS4, but the problem was is that all I was doing on my PS4 was playing Apex Legends. And I kind of just got a little bit tired of Apex Legends and didn't have another game where I was like, yeah, I'm going to fire my PS4 up for that. Destiny 2 hasn't, hasn't done anything. You know, uh, Division 2 didn't grab me the way I thought it would. Anthem was a failure. These games that were supposed to hold me over until September didn't. And so I've fallen into this couple, you know, two, three game window, and I'm good with it um, to the point where I'm replaying a game that, I'll, that we can talk about in a minute. Um, but... September is right here, and we're looking at games like Borderlands 3, The Outer Worlds, Pokemon. Like, there's a lot Link's of... Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. There's a lot of just heavy haymakers coming that I want them all, and I'm already stressed out. I'm like, I can't play all these games. I, I literally cannot juggle all these games because it's not like a sports game, an RPG, an action adventure. No, it's like RPG, RPG, open world, RPG, open world, MMO, RPG. And I'm like, there's no way I can't do it. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what to do. Literally my brain is already broken and it hasn't even gotten here. So, you know, I, um, I feel like you where it's like, it's been a quiet year and I've actually been pretty comfortable with it. I feel a little bad because I feel like the multiplayer gaming that I used to do with a lot of people, a lot of the community hasn't been there. And I feel bad about that. But 
uh, at the same time, it's been a pretty relaxing, chill year. Now all of a sudden, it's like Borderlands comes out, and everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna be battling, not battling, but like shuffling to team up, right? Because you're only gonna be able to have so many people, and we're gonna have more than enough. So now it's like who's grouping with who, who gets online first, and we're back into that like destiny chaos of trying to group up. And part of me misses it. Part of me is like stressed out that I know I'm gonna get back into it. And overall, am I excited? Yes. Am I worried that I'm going to dabble in a bunch of games and never really actually sink my teeth into a a game fully? Absolutely. That's my concern. From I, I agree. Like my uh, my 2019 has been really weird gaming wise because I'm getting married in October. Congratulations! And, thank you, thank you. And my time and money has been spent towards planning for that. You're broke as hell. For no joke, I am broke. Uh, so <laughs> we all know that game. 2019, yeah, it is backloaded a little bit for me. It's weird because we got spoiled with the Switch in a new handheld, new new system, late in the generation. Game releases of like these genre, of these titles that we just absolutely love, yeah. sprinkled throughout the whole year because they want to keep their console relevant. But then also, like, you're talking with the multiplayer games. We had, like, Destiny, which was a defining style of game at the time. There wasn't anything else out there like it. And Division, which enhanced upon that. Um, And then you had, you know, PUBG and you had... Fortnite that were the two competitors for for battle royale games and then you had Call of Duty come out like we had like over the last couple years we've had a lot of big things lots of competition on game types and platforms but this year is the point at which there's so much of everything yet there's there's nothing you know what i mean i think we hit a, i i think some of us, I'm not saying like kids, but some of us like in my age group, that 35, 30, 30 yes. to 40 range. Um, We're slowing down. Well, we hit that oversaturation point. I right, think. yeah. Everything's got a battle royale. It's like, oh, I was playing Fortnite, but then but PUBG was there, but and I got tired of PUBG and so I was playing Apex. Fortnite. And then Apex came out, and then everybody all of a sudden, uh, um, Call of Duty had a battle royale all of a sudden, and it was like, all of a sudden, I was like, all right. I need to not play Battle Royale Right. Anymore. I'm going to go play Spider-Man. And I went and had this experience with Spider-Man, and I was like, yes, this is great. And then I shifted back, and I was like, I'm going to go play Apex again. And I was like, I, what do I do now? What do I do now? And so then I fell to a crutch that I'm used to, which was League. But you enjoy it. And I enjoy it. You feel League. like your time invested in that, though, is rewarded. Yeah, and it's weird because how is League any different than a Battle Royale in the sense it's not. You know, it's, it's not. not but it's, it's not. just where I fall. It's where you're comfortable yeah, at. Yeah, and I mean, and that's, but the weird thing is I'm used to, a year, I'm used to the last two years of gaming where I didn't have to fall to a crutch because almost every week there was something there was a that new I wanted. hotness. Yeah, new hotness. And so, and I've, I've picked up things like Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, uh, Toe Jam and Earl being released on the Switch, um, you know, things like that. Like, I still grab games, but nothing that has, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been that Mario Odyssey, the Breath of the Wild, you know, right. the, the Spider-Man, been... the God of War, the, you know, just nonstop. Every every other month you were getting hit with this blockbuster that just blew you out of the water. Exactly, and it's because, I, I blame a lot of it on Nintendo, honestly, because they kind of made waves everywhere. Yeah. And the... 
the overall personality of video gamers focusing on battle royales. But it's it's just it's it's a uh, it was an oversaturation where content is hitting us all at all angles. If we threw our controller out ahead of us, it would hit something that we would be interested in playing. Yeah. And now that that stuff's just been sitting there and there isn't these heavy, heavier hitter, hitters until later in the year, that's why everything feels slow. I'm sure there's been, I'm sure we could pick out every month of the year and find a game that was probably gigantic for that month, but it doesn't feel like it because all we're seeing is the bigger titles being either released in September and in November or in October, but then also teases for the future and the future of like new consoles, how uh, new VR technology, games that are being developed that are that they highlight at E3, which I always think is stupid. That aren't being released for TBD because they don't want to <laughs> release a date. They just right. want you to hype about it. The the future pulls take you out of the value of the present and i think that's where we're at is that we're all looking at okay what's going to be released about news next or what when's the new um content for the new system going to come out what's it going to look like that's what we're that's what we're thirsty for right now we're just playing things to keep our minds going well i think we're also kind of in that mode like yes plenty of us are excited for borderlands 3 i'm very i'm very excited too i'm very excited for gears 5 like there's games there but but I'd say my focus, my main focus, is the next Xbox, yep. PS5. Yep. I'm excited to even get a Switch Lite because I just want to. I just want it's new hardware. It's new. I'm, I'm at this point right now where I'm ready for a refresh. Whatever's it's gonna, a reboot. Yeah, I'm ready for that PS5. I'm ready for the new DualShock Five controller. Like I'm ready for that refresh, and and then the games it's gonna bring because. Because we do believe it's going to be The Last of Us Part Two. Like there, there are going to be. This is that generation that we are now. We're seeing it. It's it's starting to show itself. Where we're like, the launch titles of this next gen might be, re- like might be record setting. That and because we know Halo is going to be an Xbox launch title, which it hasn't been since the original Xbox. We know there's a good chance that Last of Us Part Two is going to be PS5 launch title because it pro- might launch. PS4 first. Final Fantasy VII Final, might be yeah. the new launch title. Right, and, and so when you start to think about these things, you're like, yeah, I want to play these games, but I also am like, I'm just looking over there, just waiting for them to throw me another bone. Well, we're also in the age group where we are pulled to the familiar and the things that we li- that we know we like, you know? Yeah. We're pulled to those things that that evoke the emotions and the experiences that we've had playing our whole life. But also, we're getting to that point, and and this is the we're in the age bracket of the gamer, the defining gamer. Because when we grew up, there wasn't an era where we didn't have video yeah. games. Um, and what's happening is that we're getting older. Our time is more valuable, and we're focusing our attention on specific things instead of trying to reach the broader strokes of whatever hell like game we can grab. So when we look at the year holistically, yeah, you're thinking about budget. You're thinking about what games I have time to play in relation to other ta- other games. And so you're definitely going to think like, man, if this game was released in April, I would have had more time to play it. But because it's all being released in September, I'm not going to have time to play it. But then yeah. I'm going to forget about it because by the time April comes around, there's probably going to be that new game console that I'm going to want to get. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird. We're in a really weird place. We are, and and the other my last comment on this is, if we really th- go back and think about it, the last two years since with the Switch hit, 
have been actually the anomaly. It's it's been the weird two years. It has been because there's, if you think, there's, if you it's think, normally before this, it was lulls. It was yes. it was heavy late summer, early fall, right into Christmas, yeah. and then lull. But if you think about the the years before that, you know several. Yeah, it was like we all just played Destiny. Right, exactly. And we dabble here and there, but we don't. We we all play Destiny, and then the Switch hit, and everything. And and I'm not saying just the Switch, but just that timing. Everything changed where all of a sudden it was like, I'm going to jump here. I'm going to jump there. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to play this. I'm going to play that. I'm going to play had, five minutes of this over here. you could play any game you want almost yeah, on and, the Switch. And the Switch helped a lot. But even even like PlayStation and stuff, it started to evolve and, and change the way we were gaming. And then the way that uh, the Fortnite boom and, and just the Battle Royale boom caused you to change the way you played games. And then the way that they even updated their, like that game. So Fortnite, for example is alive. Right. Like like if I signed in if I played it today, it would it's it literally I, I made this comment I think to uh, Deadite. I go, I don't even know what game that is anymore because I've been away from Fortnite for so long that it's changed so much in such a small period of time that it's a completely different game. It's a it's alive. It's organic. Yeah, and we're seeing this also That's in not what we're used to. In the in the game Titans of, of PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo with the changing of PSN names. Yeah. The cross save, cross play, Rocket League being right. that real bridge between consoles. Like yep. this oh, yeah, next cross generation, play. Cross play, yeah. this next generation may be the most interconnected generation of consoles that could ever happen. Yeah, we may have it so that a PlayStation player can take their data of a, I would say, a main title game that's probably being released on other platforms, but but could be. I don't know, could be gears. Like 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 on that level. I don't mean gears specifically, yeah. but on that level to where they can take their data to Xbox as soon as it launches. Right. It's not a patch down the road. Right. It's not a oh we're gonna have conversations with Microsoft to see about it. Right. It's literally the standard we may play Halo on the Switch. Well the thing about Halo too, the other angle of Halo that we're that we know is is happening yeah. is that Halo Infinite is that game as a service now. We've never played a Halo game like this. We've never played a Halo game that was going to evolve over time. Right. We played a Halo game. We played the story. We played multiplayer. We got bored. We moved on. That's what we did. Destiny was that was was the one that was, changed it. Yes, yeah. it was the thing that changed. As much as people like hate it or love it, it was the beginning of this. Then we saw games like Fortnite and and other organic living games that evolve and just because of it. Never grow stale. You don't have to release Fortnite 2 because you just have this ever-growing world of Fortnite. World of Warcraft. War, world of Warcraft is, is probably the the example. It's the original. You know, and so yeah, I um it, it is such a weird last couple of years. And when I think back on it, I uh, I just watched a video that Invalid made. He was like dicking around on YouTube and uh -huh. he pulled his channel up and he had this video of Destiny, the original Destiny. And he had made this highlight reel with the uh, with Immortals from Fallout Boy okay. playing behind it, and it was so good. And I just was like, God, I miss those days. Right, exactly. Like they're gone. Like I just I don't play games like that anymore. And part of it is Destiny Two isn't what Destiny One was, but just watching some of the highlights and like he like it kept cut, it's a music video, so it keeps cutting back to his hunter dancing, dancing to the to the Immortals song. And I literally, I, I handed him his phone back. I was like, 
damn, I kind of want to just fire up Destiny. Yeah. And just get the crew back together, you know? And and th- that was the thought that made, like, when we, when we knew we were going to be uh, talking about this topic, it, it, that's what I think about and how different it is now than it was just a few years ago. Yeah. It's weird. It, it, it is weird. This year is going to be, it's going to be interesting, uh, like a year from today, not just 2019 and 2019, a year from today, because we'll have a lot more news yeah. out about what's to come. The, the new format of Destiny 2 is yeah. going to be out. Right. Like, who knows? We may be pulled back yeah. into that. I don't yep. know what the world's going to, you know, have in store Free for me ahead. Destiny. But yeah, BMC, like th- this, this year is odd compared to where we were two years ago and yeah. even last year. And it sucks that everything's backloaded because that's a lot of money. It's the holidays coming up. But, I, I mean, I feel like this is the moment we push through. We get what we want. We hold on to it because we don't know what's going to happen next because it can either be amazing or it could be a flop. Yeah. And and we'll just bank on what we love right now. Yep. Absolutely. All right, that's been our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Visit gameslomedia.com. Uh, join the Discord where we can keep talking about these types of topics and, uh, you know, just hang out with the GameZilla community uh, on social media, yeah. Discord, all, all those different places. We are everywhere. So wherever it is you like to hang out, you'll find us. And again, this topic was provided by our patrons. That's right. So go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media and submit your ideas. All right, let's do a quick, quick uh, Zilla update. Let's see if I get this right. Ah, yeah, I got it. Ah, quick Zilla update. I'm just going to do my gaming moment, uh, you know, and if you have something, chops to share, great. I revisited a game on my Vita. Oh. Yeah, so I've been very busy at work, and I haven't really been taking lunches. Uh-huh. So I finally got to take a lunch and, and with Deadite. You know, I work with Deadite, and he didn't have a Switch because I believe his wife stayed home. She's really into Stardew Valley, so he left her the Switch. All right, that's, so that's, that's reasonable. He's acquired a Vita, and he's been talking plenty about it on this show. And so he was, he's been playing... Um, Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night, Castlevania. And so I was like, yeah, no problem. I, I brought my Vita. Like, oh, and so I took it down, and the first reason why I brought it was Bluetooth audio. I, I, I have these bone conductor headphones that don't block my ears. I can still hear the music, and but I can also interact with people. Yep. And so we had talked about the fact that the Nintendo Lite, uh, Nintendo Switch Lite does not have Bluetooth audio, at least I've announced right now. And it pisses me off and drives me crazy because the even the Vita has Bluetooth audio. And how many years old is that? My light in my shower has a Bluetooth speaker in it, for oh God's God. sakes. Okay? Right. Wife had to have it. She listens to music while she's taking a shower. So there you go. Whatever. It has Bluetooth. My Switch doesn't. And, and even though my Switch has a Bluetooth chip, it doesn't support Bluetooth audio. So this literally could be a firmware update that could fix this. That's ridiculous. And it doesn't have it. So I'm playing on the Vita, and I fire up Axiom Verge. Oh. And so I delete all my files, because it's been so long that I wouldn't remember where I was in any of them. If you haven't played Axiom Verge, it is not your, it is not your forgiving Metroidvania game. You really have to remember what you're doing and maybe where to go next. It does not hold your hand. So I cleared it out, threw the headphones on, linked them together and I was like this is amazing and so I started playing Axiom Verge 
and I got oh, I got rehooked so quick. Of course you did. So then for the next for the next that was last week. So basically since then. I have been playing Axiom Verge through a, through a new run through, and I started. Here's the best part: I started on my Vita because I like that. But the weekend finally hit, and I was like, "Well, I don't need Bluetooth audio anymore because I'm not right. disturbing anybody in my house." So you started this on multiple systems. Didn't so you? I grabbed my Switch. Yep. And I had one save file on my Switch. I was like, "Well, I'll just see where I'm at." I kid you not. By accident, I stopped, and where I in the save file that I loaded up on the Switch was the same room. <laughs> the same room in oh, the same area. It was meant to be. And I was like, oh, cool. And I just picked up where I left <laughs> on the Switch. It was almost like crossplay happened right there or oh, something. Wow. So I, I played the rest of it on the Switch. And um, the one thing I noticed is that it's better on the Vita. You want to know why? Can you guess why? Uh, handheld. It's better on the Vita, handheld. Because of the... The screen, OLED screen. No, I run in the newer Vita, so I don't have the. OLED. It is beautiful on the OLED because oh, I looked. I looked at uh, uh, Deadites, but I, it still looks good on that on, the, on my Vita. But the D pad. Yep. The D pad, which is also primary, is higher on the Vita, yep. right? It's not lower. And on handheld Switch, you're playing with four buttons. Yep. Unless you modify your Joy-Con. Or you play non-handheld with like a, a pro, pro controller. controller or something, or an eight-bit do controller, something like that. So I'm playing and I'm using the joystick because the four-button thing it does not work, and I'm so I'm pushing like straight down, but because I'm slightly turned, I'm like I'm sliding into bosses and stuff, and I'm super annoyed to the point where I dock the thing, grab my pro controller, and play on the big TV, and that's where like a big chunk of my weekend went was nice. just sitting there staring at that screen, playing and just like falling in love all over again with this game and being like even though i know a lot of the things like i still i actually found a couple new like hidden because that's the thing about this game about axiom verges and and most metroidvania games you can beat a game without collecting everything Mm -hmm. so i found a few like new lore pieces i found a new couple power-ups that i must have missed my first time through and it really got me to that point where i'm starting to study the map because there's a speed run mode on axiom verge that's built into the game yeah I think I might actually try it. All so, right, do so it. So I've now memorized like the first five zones uh-huh. as far as like the quickest, like the, my, my supposedly quickest right. path. Because I don't want to necessarily just watch a speed run and copy. Well, I want, it's not even just that. It's, yeah. There's a lot to it. But yeah. I, I want to I want to try my own, and then I want to watch and see, and then well, and, then, and that's what they that's what speedrunners yeah. say is a pick a game that you can beat. To start. Yeah. That's all it is. Pick yeah. a game that you can beat. Right. And that you enjoy. And then try to beat it fast. Yep. And just try to beat it faster. Yep. And so, then you can go into details. Yeah. So I've been studying the bosses more than, like, because I could beat a boss, but, I'm, but I've started to look at the boss in a different way where I go, is there a different weapon I can kill it faster with? Right. Or is there a different way, a different weapon that I can use that'll prevent me from taking more damage? Yeah. Yeah, so and I've been having a lot of fun. I just acquired the ability where I can shoot my little, myself out as like that little yep, spider. The little ball. Yeah. And uh, I forgot how just fun that mechanic is. Oh, yeah, you just use it to shoot yourself across yeah, the level. Yeah, it's so, like, unique. Yeah. And I love it. So, anyways, I'm playing a ton of that on both the Vita and the Switch. Nice. What about uh, you? Side note, do you know what celebrates an anniversary tomorrow with this? So, we're recording on Monday, Tuesdays when this drops, Tuesday, August 6th. I don't know the anniversary that you are referencing. 1986, the year... 
that Metroid was released on the Famicom disc oh, system. Oh, yeah. In Japan. Uh, okay. It celebrates its, uh, its birthday say, on August 6th. Yeah, that, you're talking the actual floppy. I'm talking about the floppy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm talking about the original release <laughs> of the game. That's a copy I actually don't own. You should get that. I've, I've looked for it's them. It's expensive. It's got, they used to be dirt cheap. Yeah. And so Metroid got more popular. Well, no, on the, the discs, the actual like Famicom discs, uh-huh. they, they weren't that expensive. And then I guess someone realized that they were that they were cool and now they're pretty pricey. So but yeah, it is one I would like. It's I mean I have pretty much it's everything. It's a pretty else. sweet cover too. It is the, cool, to yeah. Box. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um but for me, my gaming well, moment in that case, hold on, hold oh, on. Oh, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna you gonna play some music? Continue. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> my gaming moment is I completed the free DLC for Borderlands 2. Ooh, for the, the, the gap. The fight for Sanctuary. To uh, gap 2 to 3, right? Yes, yeah. I beat that, and I had a ton of fun doing that. It was really satisfying because there's a boss that you beat, and he just explodes with loot afterwards. Oh. And it just reminded me of when we played Borderlands 1, yeah. and we would farm that one boss yep. until we got those alien weapons, and with just like the explosion of loot everywhere. It was just like, uh, it brought me back. Yeah. It just felt so good. I'm about to, uh, uh, so when we did the event this weekend, yeah, which I guess I should talk about, but when we did the event this weekend, I was there with Sphinx. Yep. And he's uh, he's ready to do that part, and I haven't played it yet. Oh, so okay, I, was I like, can help him out. Yeah, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll jump in with you, and then yeah, you, we could get you on there and go through it before three comes out. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. Lots of good writing in it. Chris Hardwick runs one character in there, which is pretty fun. Oh, does he? Um, one voice for the whole character. Um, but it's it was uh, it's I, it felt so good to be back there and do playing Borderlands yeah. 2. I love Borderlands 2 so much. But it it's uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it with friends, and that's kind of been my moment. Is just I haven't had a lot of time to game, but the time that I did have, I had enough to complete the yeah. the DLC for, and it makes me really excited. Cool. Looking forward to the new the new game. Absolutely, I'm a little sad though because I have the. Um Mega Ultra Super Collector's Edition, whatever they're the handsome called. Handsome Collection or the oh the pre-ordered one? Yeah. yeah. Whatever it's called. I think it's like the... Something. I don't diamond know. or something? I, I can't remember. Anyways, it's expensive. It's stupid expensive, but I had to have it because it's Borderlands. And um, Invalid got it too. Pre-ordered it. And he's talking about canceling his order. And I'm like, no, don't do it. And he has really good reasons as to why. Like, there's a lot of, you know, big... Um, life changes going on with yeah. with his uh, good things, but uh, in the sense of we need to regulate money pretty pretty wisely. But I'm hoping he can figure out a way, or maybe that's one of those things that this that the, the next thing the community comes around and helps out with because I, he is a Borderlands just fanatic. Yeah, and like I just feel like this is something he should have. And I don't want him to regret not having it. Right, right. You know, it, I, back in back when the uh, Handsome Collection came out, they released the Claptrap Edition. It was yep. four hundred dollars, and it came with the crazy remote control Claptrap. I remember that. It didn't sell well because it was four hundred dollars. Well, one holiday, right when I started my job and started, you know, getting to know Braden even better than just someone that my wife knew uh, from previous job, um, they threw them on sale for eighty bucks, and Braden, you know. 
basically got me my job. So I was like, I'm getting him a Christmas gift and a thank you gift, and it's going to be this. And so I remember buying him that, not telling him, and just coming to work and putting it on his desk. And then he walked into his cube, and I thought I broke him. Like, he, like he couldn't speak. He, his arms were, like, trembling. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. And so, like, right there tells me, like, he needs this new collector. He needs this addition. So I hope he keeps it, or I hope we figure out a way to keep it for him. But, yeah, um, Borderlands 3, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a blast. So uh, the last thing I want to say more for a group a group event and an announcement and just a Zilla moment was we got to partake in the sixth annual Cadence Car Show, which is the CS Mott Children's Hospital event in honor of Caden, that um, where they cars from around the country come to the hospital. They build this amazing event for the kids to go around and sit in the cars and do all these fun activities and uh, really have a, an amazing time. It, it collaborated with what we call Mott Arcade, which is yep. the thing that we've been doing uh, for months now. Uh, and it's, it's also we raised the money for the gaming carts for Mott Arcade and just to have uh, carts that kids can play games in their rooms. So it's something we've been affiliated, but we've never done this show, which is once a year. And uh, we got to do it on Sunday, this last Sunday, and it was amazing. I mean, it was just like the the scale of what these people do is just, it's so impressive. And it was so, you could just see how much fun the kids were having. You know, it didn't matter like you, you'd watch, you'd watch some of them come in and they were dragging. You know, they they were maybe weren't feeling the best or whatever, and just light up. You know, and yeah, just, it's people that know that, like, what better way to spend your Saturday than to make a, a sick kid smile? Yeah. Like, but when a kid bring wa- them happiness, know, when let a, them out of their yeah. head. When a kid gets into the parking structure, top level of the parking structure, and walks on a red carpet that's for them, heck yeah! And then they turn and they see a life size Batmobile made out of Legos. They see the Oscar Mayer Wiener truck, a, a real life Mater from from Cars, you know. Or if, if they're a little little bit more into Cars, and they're like, "Oh my goodness!" There's a Dodge Viper, there's a McLaren, there's a Ferrari. Like they had everything there. It was such a cool turnout, and so many people showed up. You know, everybody that was um, that was volunteering wore these bright yellow shirts that were custom made, and so like you really got the sense of the scale of all these people that came out to help. And so it's really cool to see in honor of somebody that this, how, how much this has grown and continues to, to go on, but also, you know, like just seeing the kids have such a fun time. It's why we always enjoy doing mod arcade, but this was just like times 10, right? This right, is just, exactly. just even more. So we had a really good time. Uh, we want to thank CS Mott Children's Hospital once again for having us. And, um, you know, they, they always do such an amazing job and give us the ability to help. You know, they always thank us, but really, like, we thank Like, them. we're getting more out of yeah, it. Yeah, we, get, we get a lot out of it. So and, humbling and so fun to, just yeah. to hang out with kids. Yeah, exactly. And just to see what they're able to do is um, it's it's such an amazing just experience yeah. every, every time you go. So. If you're, uh, you know, if that's something that you're interested in and, you, and you'd like more information, you could reach out to us uh, or you could reach out to CS Mott Children's Hospital. If you're not local to the Michigan area, a lot of hospitals have these programs in place, especially the children, obviously Children's Hospital around the country. There's a lot of them that are that are picking these programs up, um, you know, and being being supported by charities that are that are funding them and stuff. So make sure you reach out in your own local areas and see if there is something that maybe you can get involved in. Yeah, even go to Gamers Outreach's website because yep. they're 
raising money for carts that they deliver across all the United States. Yep. And so there may be a hospital that has something like that near you that you can even help fundraise for. Like there's so many opportunities to help kids in hospitals relax, enjoy their lives, you know, outside of whatever's going on with them and just have fun. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, well, we've run uh, quite, a while, quite a ways over from our yeah, normal usually show. usually happens when I'm on. It is. You and I like to talk, but I think it was a really good show. I have more I could talk about, but maybe I'll just save it for like a little like Grimm's Corner on there Patreon or Do something. That. Yeah, I, yeah. There was things I didn't get to, but we just we just can't keep going. Yeah, I know. So uh, we, th- thanks, everybody, for hanging out. If you enjoyed this podcast, guess what? We have tons of content and some great shows do you want to talk about a few of them? Absolutely. So this show is live right now on Mondays, but it comes out in podcast form on Tuesdays. But to fill the rest of your week, also on Mondays, we have the Last Action Podcast where they talk about action movies. you got Sphinx, LPJ, and Hovercraft Joe talking to you about all their favorite action films from all of time. We've also got the Noobs and Dragons Pop... Uh, sorry, Noobs and Dragons Podcast. Pop. we got Noobs and Dragons Pop. It's and, tasty. <laughs> it's tasty, and it also has a chance to kill you. Um, it comes out on Wednesdays. It is your D&D podcast that you didn't know you were missing. Craig WK is the master DM of this show, putting us through absolute terror. And we've also got The Legend of Retro on Thursdays with myself, The Glitch, Xander, and Craig WK talking about all things retro gaming. We focus on one game and then go into retro relapses where we kind of hit on a little bit of a different game. It's a good. That is a good plug. But you you were wrong about something. You used to be on Ledger Retro. I'm in. I'm now, in a royal weed. I have now stolen you. You are now. Oh, is that part what of is it? Oh, podcast, oh, I right? didn't know that. You're exclusive. I yeah, you left Twitch to come to Mixer. I did. Am I getting a fat <laughs> check for it? Because it's a check. That's all I'm gonna no, say. All right, cool. Anyways, uh, we not cashable. <laughs> Oh. But it's a check. All right. Well, we'll talk about this okay. off air. Um, we've also got the Noiseland Arcade, which comes out on Sundays. Again, Craig WK stealing all our thunder. And Sean, the Arcade Phantom, talking to you about The Simpsons. They're going episode by episode, season by season, giving you all the dirt on what's happening around that episode when it released and their thoughts of what went down. Listen, if you've listened to all of that and you just need more content, you are crazy and we love you for it. We want your filthy money. Yeah, and there is a way to do that. Obviously, we've already talked about it plenty, but patreon.com slash gamesillamedia is where you go to get more content, exclusive content, behind the DM screen, Game Shark, early access to the podcast, things like Muster Bust every month from the Gamesilla podcast, all that stuff and more is on patreon.com slash gamesillamedia. That is our primary way that you can support our uh, support Gamesilla Media. So as we grow, as we expand, um, you know, and try to add shows, try to do, do more with these live streams and stuff like that, it's your funding that helps us do all that. So we appreciate all the support we can get. Uh, if you can't support us, you know what you can do? You hit the share button. Hit the share button. The more that people share. that know we're here, the better. Yeah, it, that helps us out so much. And then, of course, we're on YouTube. So Games on Media on YouTube. Streamers. We have so many people in the community that do such an amazing job. Craig WK, Matrix on Stage, myself. We have Spidey2KX, Owl Zero. There's so many people out there doing all sorts of different stuff on different platforms. Twitch, Mixer. 
Facebook. You can find what everybody is doing on the website, on the streamers tab, or again, join the discord and you can see that they all have their exclusive channel where you can talk directly with the streamer and really get to know them and, you know, and, and build a, build a whole nice relationship with them and really get to understand why Craig WK does all the work that he does and just how much he actually enjoys yeah, it all. You'll get involved in all the inside jokes about how, you know, Craig collects souls. Yeah, exactly. And then we do have our blog and everything else going on on the website. So if you just, again, need more content, we are providing it. You can catch, like, the, the, the newest thing, Sphinx from The Last Action Podcast. He's starting his music blog section. He is a passionate man about music. Yeah. I've known him for a long time. And the one thing he is more passionate about than music is uh, being himself, which is awful. <laughs> but... His music tastes are great, and he has a lot of amazing things to talk about. So go on our blog and read about his music choices and what he's highlighting. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Thank you for hanging out on episode 272 of the GameZilla Podcast. We had a really good time. Chops, thank you so much for making the return. Thank you for having me. Yep, and uh, I look forward to our, our next adventure whenever that is, but... Uh, until then, just remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on.